establishing but deepening our roots in the things of God. Uh, and last week we talked about the presence-filled lives, living lives where we're inviting the presence of God in, where we're, we're interacting with the Holy Spirit to be guided, to be led, to, to have those roots and relationships deepened. Today, we're going to be talking about relationship and how our roots are formed through relationship. And we're going to go back to Acts 2, 42 through 47. And this is in the NIV. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. They were living the dream. They were living the dream. Not just working for the weekend, but living the dream. They, uh, they, were, they were living lives filled with the presence, filled with the word, filled with relationship. And what they saw was that that was attractive to others. Other people saw that and thought, I, I want that. And they were able to minister out of the abundance of what they were sharing together to people who were, who were in need. And so at the birth of the church in Acts 2.42, the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And you see in 43 through 47, there's this beautiful display of people living and working and eating and studying together in these deep, deep, deep relationships. And if we're not careful, we can, we can make this mistake of thinking, oh, well, the Holy Spirit poured out on them, and then all of a sudden all these connections happened. But that's not entirely the way that happens. Um, the Spirit descending and the Spirit filling the people, I don't know if this is going to seem weird, the Spirit descending and filling the people didn't make them connected. It didn't make them connected. It didn't bond them together in a way that they wouldn't have bonded together any, in, in any other fashion. Uh, believers in Jesus have always been carriers of the Holy Spirit. So in that, the Holy Spirit pouring out upon this church in the book of Acts uh, is not all that different than what we experience in the Lord. The Holy Spirit is poured out on us, and the Holy Spirit is living within us. The, uh, and if we look at Ephesians 1.13, we went here last week as well. When you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, who he promised long ago. So all of us have the Holy Spirit, but that fact alone doesn't immediately and automatically result in all of us having unity. If, I mean, you can see that, right? Believers of different denominations have a little bit of trouble getting together. Believers in the same God, but expressing it in different faiths, have a bit of trouble getting along, right? So just having the Holy Spirit, just having God as your God, just having Jesus as your Lord, doesn't mean that you're going to be in unity with the other believers. But... That's what God wants. That's his intention. That is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. His final prayer in the book of John is for unity among the believers. John 17, 22, he says, I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. So they may be one as we are one. Jesus' final prayer to the Father was, Lord, help them to get along. Help them to be one. It's, and it's not, this is really weird to say, it's not enough. 
just to have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. We don't always get along. It's not enough. As weird as that sounds to say on a Sunday morning in a church, the Holy Spirit connects us on the common ground of Jesus. The Holy Spirit identifies us together on the common ground of Jesus, but developing and forming real relationships, that's on us. That requires intention. That requires a plan. That requires willingness. That requires grace. That requires us to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and be in those meetings that we're deciding to get into. Uh, it, it's, it's on us to deepen those relationships, to put ourselves in the right place. I mentioned this last week. Like you can sit in McDonald's for 18 years straight. It doesn't make you a Big Mac. You will not become that just by being in that place. As much as you might want to, you won't become that just by showing up and just sitting and being there. The Holy Spirit is there, the Holy Spirit is in you, but it requires intention and action on your part to be unified, to be in community, to grow and to deepen relationships and roots. And I call that, a lot of times I call that steps beyond Sunday. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. I feel like he's throwing shade on some folks. You know? Let's not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. <laughs> but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. There are two things that I know to be true. Number one, God created you with a purpose. God created you with a purpose. He had something in mind, a lot of somethings in mind for you when he was creating you, when he was going through this process of making and forming, imagining you and then making you reality. You are an expression of God's creative imagination. Seriously, you didn't get this way on your own, right? That's God. He, he has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. That's thing one. But thing two we can't realize that purpose without other people. He has a plan for you, but, and he has a purpose for you, but you won't realize that purpose on your own. It takes others around you. I would like to invite up my friends Stu McLennan and Katie Truitt and Micah Gonzalez. They're going to help me with the rest of this message because we can't do this message just on my own. We have to hear, yeah, so come on up, guys. Come on up. I'm going to move over here. And as they're getting ready, I'm just going to mention a couple more things. So holding tightly onto hope, motivating each other to display the love of God, good works. These things happen when we meet together, but they don't just happen on Sunday mornings, right? We know we're in this, this same environment on a Sunday morning. This is conducive for some things. It's conducive for all of us getting together and singing from a common songbook, making common declarations to the Lord. It's good for receiving teaching. It's good for catching up a little bit with some people you might not have seen all week. It's good for that. It's good for gathering, but it's not good for everything. It's not the final answer for every, every way that God wants our relationships to grow. Following Jesus, which is what we, we call discipleship, 
Right? Discipleship is like a heavy word, but that just means following Jesus and helping other people's, yeah, other people's, helping other people to follow Jesus. That's what discipleship is. Discipleship is all about relationship. It's about repeated, consistent interaction that Sundays kind of aren't designed for. So we need to be intentional. We need to be purposeful about the other ways that we meet together Right? We don't want to forsake those other ways, as some people do, of meeting together, because those are essential to our spiritual formation. Uh, but I wanted to just open it up to you guys. So based on what we've already said and some of the things that you've been thinking, uh, as I asked you earlier in the week, if you would help me out and participate, um, what are you thinking? What, anything just right off the top that you want to share on this topic? Um, my initial thought is it's not easy. It's you don't want to do it. Our, while we're made for it, right? While we were made for the garden and to walk with God and to walk with each other, and that's perfection, everything in me right now fights against it. Um, I don't want to be accountable to people. I'm a homebody. I am much more comfortable in my jammies on my couch with my husband and baby. Um, so showing up and being known by other people and um, living in community while I have years behind me now to say it's so worth it, um, and I would never want to give it up. When I step out of it for a couple months or I give myself a break, it can get way too comfortable being by myself um, because there's no one holding me accountable. It's not uncomfortable. I don't have to use my listening ears with other people. Um, yeah, so that's where I would start off is like nothing in... It, it's hard. And so if you're sitting there thinking, man, it's hard. My schedule doesn't allow it. I'm tired at the end of the day. I'm peopled out. I get it because, yeah, like when I was teaching, I was done at the end of the day. Um, but the Lord has this for us. And so we need to work out and figure out how that fits into our schedule. Yeah, that's good. That's right. um, First, some context uh, in my comments. Um, and this is not meant to aggrandize. But I've led home group Bible studies since 1986. 38 years, no breaks. I was in the Army for 23 years, and this is our 10th church. And so one of the first things I did, the first thing I did whenever I joined a new church, was to start a new home-based Bible study. Darren and I did not practice this. But this is what I wrote. The first thing I would share with you is that God designed us for relationships. Vertically with him. My home group's heard me say this dozens of times. So you can probably lip sync it. He's designed us for relationships, vertically with him and horizontally with others. But if you don't prioritize the vertical first and get in sync with the Holy Spirit, then the horizontal is not going to work. You're not going to bear kingdom fruit. So you get the first right, get in sync with the Holy Spirit, then you go horizontal, and then watch it grow. So that's the first yeah. thing I'd share. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I would say with the small group, um, I love it because there's that opportunity for that two-way kind of relationship and that opportunity to, to, to be vulnerable <laughs> and uh, just express like, hey, I'm actually going through this. I need some prayer. And um, in that time, you know, people can rally behind you um, and we can all just follow the gospel together and they could just lay hands on you and pray for you. So it's, it's very life-giving. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and, and I think it, it bears mentioning here, you know, we clearly we have like you three are all group leaders, right? We have small groups here at one chapel. Um, 
And I, I understand, I get it, that when we're talking about small groups, what I don't want you to come away with is like, oh man, Darren's pressuring me to go and belong to a small group. My week is so busy. Does he not know how big? I probably don't know exactly how busy your week is, but I know that it's probably busy, right? And so I know that you may have, what I don't want you to hear is everyone has to belong to a one chapel small group. I don't want you to hear that. What I want you to hear is everyone can belong to a smaller group of believers. Everyone can. Um, and I want to, you know, just a couple thoughts about how that works. Like, yeah, we have groups at One Chapel. You can go to our website, onechapel.com slash groups, and you can see all the small groups that we have to offer. And they're awesome. But that's not the only way that you can have a small group. You can, I mean, you have people in your home, in your family. And if you're all doing Acts 2.42 together, if you've got that time and you're studying the word, you're talking about the scripture, you're sharing, sharing a meal together, you're encouraging one another in the gospel, you're passing on these things that God is doing, um, then whether you like it or not, you're a small group. You know, you, you are. This is how God, as, as Stu was saying, this is how God designed us. He didn't design us to walk stoically and straight ahead at the expense of other people. So what, as we're talking, I want for you not to think, Darren wants me to belong to a One Chapel small group. If you, if you do, that's great. I think that's wonderful. But I want you to hear, I can belong. I can take some steps beyond Sunday. And, and that's good because if you'll prioritize the connection, it's kind of like the spiritual dynamic in marriage, Genesis 2.24, when you become one flesh. I shared this with Jan earlier. It's kind of like being an Aggie, since I'm an Aggie. <laughs> it, the analogy is there. If you're, if you're there... You can't explain it. If you're outside of it, you can't understand it. You have to experience it. For anybody that's not been in a, in a small group, Bible study, that joins one, I don't say this pejoratively, but the light bulb comes on. You go like, this is what I've been missing. The prioritization of the connection. Then what the Holy Spirit does, and he works in your life, and he says, I'll sort all the rest of it out. All the other busy stuff that you got going in your life, I'll make it all fall in line. And guess what? You'll have room for not only the small group, but men's ministry and women's ministry and service opportunities and in the church. And all of a sudden, it's just like, it was just, what was it Adrian said one time, uh, last Sunday, he talked about the signal and the noise. Mm -hmm. If we focus on the signal, the noise gets sorted out. But you have to experience it. You just have to dive in. You know, one of the things that um, for each group I've led, the goal has been for them to thrive but also to be salt and light out there in the community. So I, I have this little ditty, and it's on our small group uh, norms. I used to call it rules of engagement when I was in the Army, but that didn't fit in a civilian <laughs> church. So it's rules of engagement, but what, what is it that we want everyone to do? We want them to connect relationally, grow spiritually, and serve actively. There's your bumper sticker. We will have bumper stickers out in the lobby, <laughs> by the way, after this. Sir. That's actually really good. Can I, can I steal that? Did you steal that? Of course it is. <laughs> You're surprised? Of course it's good. Of course, I'm an Aggie. And I will say um, that whole, like, yep, you just have to be in that environment. And this is not about small groups. This is about Aggies. Um, the, by far, the most incredible, amazing college football environment I've ever been at was when I reluctantly was dragged to Kyle Field to go, <laughs> to go and watch the Aggies play Oklahoma. It was, it was insane because everybody's bought in. Everybody's invested. 
Everybody is there for a common purpose. And in that way, it's very much like taking these steps beyond Sunday. When you've made that commitment and everybody else who you're there with has made that commitment, then you're there to get something out of it. You're there for a common purpose, common goal. And that's productive. That moves things forward. Um, anything else just off the top of your head that you want to share? I have another thing I can ask. You good? I'll, I'll do one more. Okay. This goes all the way back to 1978 before some of you were even born. Small groups, I've made lifelong friends. That some of them I have, I haven't put eyeballs on in 25 years, but we're still connected. If we got together tomorrow, it'd be like we just picked up. But you will see lives transformed. You will see marriages healed and strengthened. You will see prayer needs met and answered. You'll see lives transformed. I, the things you will see in a small group. Ask Juan. If you've never heard Juan pray in Spanish, oh my God, get out of the way. Holy moly, when the Holy Spirit grabs him in the small group, things happen. Am I right? Can I get an amen over there, Patty and Pam? Thank you. That, true. You've got to experience that, and you won't find that just... I mean, Sundays are great, corporate, that's, it's wonderful, and yeah. you're kind of okay, too. Um, oh, go on. But if you've never experienced it, do it. Yeah. Jump in. Like Stephen Curtis Chapman said, dive. Yeah. Kind of okay? I appreciate that. Oh, that's nice. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, so I want to ask, because you all have experience leading small groups, um, and you've seen differences made in other people's lives. I want to ask you personally... Um, what's a difference? Tell us a story of a difference that has been made in your life personally by being connected and discipling with a smaller group of believers outside of a Sunday. Um, yeah, I would say for me, when I was in college, um, I joined a small group and I, you know, I was going to church on Sunday mornings, but you know, I wasn't really known. And being a part of a small group, I, I was actually wrestling with, I guess, an unhealthy situation. And this small group really um, rallied behind me and really held me accountable. Like, hey, next week, going to give an update. <laughs> like, are, are, you, uh, are you out of this situation, essentially? And, mm -hmm. I, and I'm extremely grateful uh, that they were there and that they prayed over me and they encouraged me and... Uh, otherwise, I would not be here today. So, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, I would say small groups are very valuable. So, yeah. Thanks to all of them. I know growing up, um, I started in small groups probably when I was in middle school. Um, and so through my preteen, angsty teen years, um, small groups were continually a safe place. And I found that even into college that when I didn't want to be at home or I couldn't be at home, and my mom can testify to this, um, she was so grateful, and I am so grateful that there were godly people always taking me in and pouring into me, and there was always this assurance that um, I had a safe place to go, a safe place to land, um, and especially like living on the other side of the country in college, yeah, it's like same thing, just having that fa family environment is so different from... Um, like the dorm life and just regular college classes. Fast forward, Jordan and I just kind of talked about this on the way up here of like, I don't know if I was, I was ready to discuss this, but when we first started coming and our first couple months here were kind of turbulent between engagement and marriage and then getting sick and traveling, we were just on and off. And we were gone for a while and hadn't been in touch. And there was just 
I was so quick to be like, well, I don't know if this is the church for us, you know, like, <laughs> like where, like, I don't know how to describe, um, my brain was so quick to like, well, no one cares about us. And that's, that's not true. Um, people care deeply about us, but my brain instantaneously went into this overdrive mode. But Jordan and I landed on, well, you know what? Where, where am I showing up for others? Where am I pouring out? Like, I'm going to put my best foot forward before I ever make that decision. Um, and I think it was coming out of a place of hurt that I wanted to, like, back up, put hands up, and say, well, you know, we're not. <laughs> I don't know. It became the Katie show, right? It became about me. Um, and miraculously, right, in the Lord's great design and attention, um, when we did put our best, best foot forward and we started pouring, we started serving and we got plugged in. Oh, Hey, there's the community. There is what my heart was longing for. And I hadn't even thought about this full circle. Now it's been two years, two years ago that we joined one chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, this is family, this is home. And the Lord took what could, what could have been us up and leaving because I felt a certain way. And ultimately because we weren't pouring out first, you know, we weren't giving out of the place that we needed to give, that the Lord was instructing us to give, um, to now getting to host a small group and we, um, full circle, I get to be the safe place, you know, the safe place that was so important to me, um, growing up. Now we get to bring families in and we want our home to be the safe place. We want to cook them a warm meal, and tell them, you know, like, even if it's been the worst day ever, please show up. Like, we don't, we don't need to have any agenda except that we just want to love on you. And so that's really neat to get. And what I love about your group is that it is, it's made up of people who call this their church home. And it's made up of people who live just near you and don't, yeah. right? And so talk about that really quickly. Yeah. Um, man, the Lord is so good. Jordan and I moved into our neighborhood just over uh, just over a year ago now, um, and we on and off saw neighbors in front of us. And when we had B, um, they offered to bring us a meal. Um, and from that, the Lord has taken our immediate neighbors um, and really became like they gave us neighbors in Christ. They're like they they love the Lord. They don't attend this church, um, but they're one of our most consistent families actually to show up to our small group. Granted, they live across the street, so we're like, hey. can't avoid us. Um, But they're some of our best friends now too, which is super great. Um, And so, yeah, our church is, or our small group is young families from one chapel, but we also wanted to open it up to one, to young families that don't have, didn't have a small group yet. Um, And it's been a huge blessing and it doesn't, it doesn't feel weird. At first I was like, is it going to be hard? Is it going to be awkward? And that's not been the case because ultimately, even though we're coming from different churches, um, it's the Lord that we're following. And so that's been the super neat. It's not like, oh, you're from that church. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's super neat. Uh, parallel to the home Bible study, the other thing I've done for 38 years is a men's weekday Bible study. And oh, by the way, breaking news, I'm working with Pam. We are going to start a men's weekday morning Bible study. H.T., Terry, and I have been meeting together for Tuesdays for the last two years, and we're forming that, so more to follow. But specifically with your your question, through both the home group and the men's study, I think I've grown spiritually. And I don't give guys any slack. I challenge them. (laughs) Christian, husband, father, professional, in order. 
And so through that process, you know, internalizing it, I think one of the things for me, it's helped me become a better leader in all of those aspects. But I've also become, I think, I hope, I pray, more discerning. And I always use military analogies. Um, to discern between the awareness, what the Holy Spirit is doing, um, the, the awareness, the flash, to the action, the bang. So one of the things that you try to do is shorten the flash to bang. So are you aware of what the Holy Spirit's doing? Okay, now what does he want you to do about it in whatever area that you're talking about? And through both of those venues, that's what the guys, and I think through the leadership, the Ephesians 5 leadership of their, their family and their marriage, they then go out and they do that. Can I get an amen, Juan? Amen. Jeff, amen. thank you very much. And, and, and so also to uh, Katie, as you, were, as you were speaking, one of the things that, uh, that I was reminded of, to Katie's point, um, one of the beautiful things about taking a step beyond Sunday, getting out of this room and getting into a smaller environment with a group of believers, is not only that there's something for you there, but you're a carrier of the Holy Spirit. You come with a unique set of experiences in God, a unique uh, perspective, uh, the wisdom that God has given to you, the gifts he's given to you. And I just, I want to encourage everyone in, in our church, don't deprive other people of you in a smaller setting. You're amazing. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And not only do we all need to be in a smaller group of believers, really building relationships and diving in, but that smaller group of believers actually needs you. They, they need what you bring. We are the body of Christ. We're not like the big toe and an ear and a finger over there and not really much else. We're the body of Christ. We're all different parts, but we're all meant to function together in unity. Again, uh, in uh, Jesus' final prayer, that's what he was talking about. He said, I've given them the, the glory that you gave to me so that they could be one as we are one. And that's what we see when we come and we're not, we're not coming just to receive, but we're coming because God gave us something to offer. And that's that, that, uh, that back and forth, that cyclical nature of belonging to community. Um, so one more question, unless there was something you guys want to share about that. Just one thing on the connection and relationship. If you go back to one of the things our, our small group does, every week um, we do a deeper dive into the sermon topic. And uh, we always try to connect the dots thematically. What is God showing Ross that he's passing to Darren, that he shares with us? What are the themes, the threads that are running between the sermon series, in and between them? And that goes back to the relationship. That is helping strengthen our vertical to then to be effective horizontally. Yeah. So we're always looking for those themes. And it's, it's really neat when you start connecting the dots and you see what God is sharing with our pastors. Yeah, we belong to something bigger than ourselves, but the thing that we belong to needs us, right? It's horizontal and vertical relationships. Uh, so last, last thought, um, I just, just open-ended question. I've been talking, we've been talking about taking just steps beyond Sunday, just getting in a smaller group of believers outside of here. What, is, what do you feel like is unique or uniquely powerful about that? What kinds of things can we get out of that? What kinds of things have you gotten out of that that aren't as easy to extract from this setting? If there was an overarching theme that I could pinpoint throughout all my life in the small groups, ultimately it comes down to accountability. Um, I could say joy too, because ultimately life lived in community is joy. 
and there's going to be times of laughter, and there's just such a goodness to sharing our hearts um, with other believers. But beyond that, overarching that, is accountability. Because on Sunday, I can show up and be on fire and say, yeah, I'm going to do that for the Lord. And if I show up again next Sunday, no one's held me accountable. I can say, yeah, I did that during the week. But when it shows up continually throughout multiple times during the week, um, then we have the opportunity, going back even to like what Micah was saying, that people are holding you accountable. Um, and in passing on Sunday, it's just really hard to do that. It's not impossible, but it's hard to do that with more than one or two people. Um, the other thing is, too, that uh, it's really easy to compartmentalize the Lord and to check that box off on Sunday and say, I got my fill for the week. I'm good. I'm done. Um, when we go past Sunday and when we get into small groups or just meeting up with someone for coffee or um, a text message with a friend that checks in every Tuesday and Thursday, something like that, um, is we're actually seeing just how you were talking about that stream that flows throughout, um, that the Lord is so intricately intertwined into every little thing we do, whether it's making the coffee in the morning whether it's going for a walk at the park, whether it's showing up at your job, the Lord is there. And so when we invite the Lord outside of the church walls on Sunday, which he's already there, but we're just becoming aware of it, right? Um, we get to witness the Lord at work all around us. And it's a beautiful thing um, to get to witness that and to, or to be aware of it at, at least. Amen. That's good. And I think one of the things too is, is you do life together. You get real. I mean, on Wednesday nights, if you're upset, if you're angry, if you're questioning whatever, hey, you pour it out. We develop trust. We share experiences. We get encouragement. You know, it just, that's where you're going to, Sundays are great. Text message threads are great. But you want to do life with somebody eyeball to eyeball, get into a small group. And there's sometimes on Wednesdays, and my group knows, I put the notes aside because the Holy Spirit's moving, and it's we need to focus on that. And somebody pours out their heart, and we gather around and we pray for him. And Juan does his thing, <laughs> and we all end up on the floor. You be real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think about so much joy being in in the small group, and the sense of joy being like, I want to be with you. I yeah. desire to be with you, and uh, that is just so so life giving and. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, my wife and I, Lorena, we're going to we're going to be leading um, uh, together for the first time a, a group. And we're we're optimistic about it in the sense of like <laughs> bringing in the neighbors and and just having like the yeah. I don't know for it being a community. But, you know, even there, I, I understand that there's a lot of there, there are folks out there that are intimidated by going to church on Sunday, for example. And maybe the small group setting is going to be. A, an opportunity to bring people in and share the gospel. Yep. Um, and that's, we're, we're really excited about Same that. Holy Spirit is yeah, there. That's right. Same gospel is there. Kitty, Can I piggyback off that real quick, just about the joy part? Um, it just reminded me that, right, a ma marriage brings a certain kind of joy and enjoyment that the Lord, like, reveals himself through. Community with other people can be such a similar 
joy. It's different, right? Different faces of it. Um, but it's another joy, just like you were saying, that the Lord intends for us to know. Um, and it's another way that he reveals when he talks about how he's excited for his bride, um, how we're excited to see our community. Man, oh, that's the Lord showing up and saying, this is the joy I have in you. And this is the enjoyment that I have being with you. And I think that's so cool. So good. Thank you guys for being, for being here. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming and sharing your heart, sharing your wisdom.